It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the North Shore Drive podcast on the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We've got Brian Batko. And with the bye week, we wanted to go over our grades here at the Post-Gazette of how the Steelers have performed position by position and the coaches throughout the, throughout this season. Jerry Dulac gave his grades on post-gazette.com. Now you hear our reaction to those grades, our own grades, as well as your Acresure fan, fan Advantage burning question of the week. It's Chris Carter, Brian Batko, coming to you on the North Shore Drive podcast. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello, welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Brian Batko. We're both of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can find all our written content at post-gazette.com. You can find all of our all of our, of our podcast content, either by searching Post-Gazette Sports on your favorite podcasting platform or the North Shore Drive Podcast, as well as finding us on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily content that comes out from here, as well as our Monday, Wednesday, and Friday episodes, as well as our Saturday editions of the Acresure Fan Advantage. But today's episode of the North Shore Drive Podcast is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Make sure you check him out on the North Shore because Mike's Beer Bar is right across the street from PNC Park and a great place to go to if you're coming in, coming into the North Shore to see a Steelers game, a pit game, or just checking out that great part of the, of, of the city. Mike's, Mike's Beer Bar has over 20 TVs where you can check out all the NFL, college football, pe- Penguins, MLB, Riverhounds, Premier League action, NBA action, whatever you want to see, you can watch at Mike's. And they have over 500 different available be- of beers, 300 of those beers being local and 80 of those beers being available on tap at any time. Check, we'll have more on mics later. But Brian, it's the bye week, so we get to take a little bit more of a global approach. Not as much of the day-to-day news with this one. We're going to take a step back, and our, our good friend, Jerry Dulac, he released his grades Friday morning, and in doing so, uh, he, he graded the Steelers through the bye week. Yes, the Steelers are in first place. Yes, the Steelers are leading the AFC North going into the bye, and they have a winning record at 3-2 and two and looking better than they did this time last year. But that did not save them from Jerry being honest about their struggles. We're going to break things down here, but where do you feel, before we get into the grades, where do you feel the Steelers are as a whole right now? Despite, you know, their their record says who they are and their place says who they are. But do you feel like this team still has a long way to go or is actually closer to being the team that they need to be this season than, than we've seen? This three and two start to me feels like the wacky cousin of the 11 and 0 start 
in 2020. <laughs> you know, they're similar in some ways, but, you know, st- obviously they're not even close to to being undefeated like that team was. But the reason I say this and and make this parallel is because they remind me of each other in that the record's the record. You know, you you are what your record says you are, right? At least that's a cliche in sports. But I think we can all agree that uh, the way they've gotten to three and two has not been pretty. The Ravens win was more of a Ravens loss than the Steelers uh, playing a great 60 minutes of football. And the Browns game, you know, if you could ever back into a victory, that's what they did uh, on that Monday night at Acrisure Stadium. So what gives me some pause and why I'm I'm probably going to be in agreement with a lot of Jerry's grades here for the AFC North leading Pittsburgh Steelers is that despite getting victories in some of these games and again, being above 500 and having won more than you lost, I don't feel encouraged or optimistic from a lot of what I've seen. I don't think these are real problems being solved in these wins. And I don't think they're coming up with a lot of solutions in these wins. And in fact, I think some of the randomness that uh, has contributed to it is going to end up leading to some regression for this team, much like we saw in 2020 when they went, uh, what was it? One and four down the stretch and uh, got run out on a rail uh, by the Browns. So that's, that's kind of my, that's kind of my overall take uh, to really give you a sunny uh, disposition here on this this Friday. Well, let's get let's get into a few things here. Uh, let's get into the grade position by position so we can get to some specifics. But here's Kenny Pickett at quarterback because he's he's been the only quarterback to play so far. And oh, that's not true. Mitch Trubisky did play some in the Texans game, but still. D plus grade from Jerry Dulac on Kenny Pickett. I, I think a D plus is is very reasonable for D plus Kenny as Pickett. a grade in and of itself is very funny to me. Like the the, the idea of get anybody having a D plus in uh, in school or anywhere, it's like, hey, hey, you got a D, but you got a D plus. D plus. <laughs> I don't think F You're plus not- is a thing, right? Nah. In my in my school, it's like I, I saw that on TV. But whenever I was in school, if you just got an F, you got an F. Like you yeah. fail. There's no there's no pluses about it. It's just you messed yeah. up. Thank goodness I didn't get too many Fs. Uh, I, I got I got two C's one time. My mom wouldn't let me have it. Uh, but uh, for, with a D plus, I feel like that's reasonable for Kenny Pickett right now because he has been below average, and that's what a D usually means, you know. And he's had good moments. He's had some strong finishes, like the finish he had against the Ravens on Sunday, and he deserves credit for for that. But at the same time, he hasn't been the complete quarterback that the Steelers needed him to be. And we, we've seen that because he's, th- he's thrown interceptions. He hasn't had a complete game yet. He had he has one game with, with multiple touchdowns in his career so far. And just looking to this season, when they've lost big, he's been a big part of the problem. Yeah, I think I can't really find too many reasons to disagree with Jerry here. Uh, I mean, I, I play around in my head of the idea of him having a C. I don't think he's been an average QB. Um Maybe I'd get, you know, certainly wouldn't give him an F. Again, they have three wins and he's been the QB. But the the fact that he his play is what it's been and statistically not very good. Um, yeah, I think D is fair. And I throw in that plus for the George Pickens touchdown pass, doing everything right on that play to end up beating the Ravens. 
Moving on to running back, he gives them just a straight-up D grade. And that's interesting to me now. He, he kind of brings up how you know Najee Harris battling with an undrafted free agent for carries is not the great thing that you want for a first-round pick. And I'll say Jalen Warren, you know, I'm not sure if I'd mark – Najee Harris any anything poorly if Jalen Warren is just playing very well uh and and pushing him for stuff I will say like Najee Harris for all the things that people criticize him for he does have 14 missed tackles right now in the in the NFL his explosive Um, run rate is probably still pretty good too I mean I haven't looked at the analytics uh since the Ravens game but I know after four weeks he was up there in a lot of those efficiency stats that He's normally not anywhere near the top of the league. He he has six runs of, of 15 yards or more that is tied for second behind Devon A-Chain, who just continues to just break off long run after long A-chain. run for the Miami Dolphins. Yes. Uh, that 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 speedster of a guy, uh, and so he's found ways to su- to succeed. I feel like this might be a little harsh. I, I might give you know the running backs a, a C or uh, C plus even because I feel like. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, they haven't been bad for the Steelers. They just haven't been given much of a chance to do a whole lot. And when they've been given some chances, they've made some plays. Najee Harris, I thought, you know, I thought has come up big in some in some tough moments for the Steelers. Jalen Warren was a huge part. I think without him, they don't beat they don't beat the Ravens. He made some big plays there. I, I think that they've done a sustainable job at the position. They're not taking over games, but they're I think they're taking what's there when the offensive line gives them. And they've even created some of like some, a lot of those 15 plus yard runs. They're not because that there was great blocking. Najee Harris just like would throw off three dudes and then just take off and get big yards. I, I feel like that's the one place where I'm like, eh, maybe a little bit less harsh on those guys. I agree. I think I'd probably go C. C for the running backs. I, maybe I C like minus because there's been some blitz pickup issues at times. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there. I think I think I'm a little higher on their work so far than Jerry. Now, Jerry also has the wide receivers at a C minus, and this is a little tough for me because Deontay Johnson's been out for most most of the season. George Pickens, he's had some really great moments. I think he had he was kind of down against the Texans and against the the Raiders a little bit um, in how he performed. He stepped up huge in the uh, the Raiders game, not the Raiders, excuse me, the the Browns game, and he stepped up huge in the uh the Ravens game so the two divisional games they've won he's been he's been vital and he's been great and I think his game against the uh the Ravens that was that might have been one of his best games of his career with the with you when you include the big catch and all the blocking that he had in place but I will say Allen Robinson when you look at Allen Robinson uh, you know, he makes some plays here and there in the in the passing game. That guy does not block at all. Like, like you just see him, he just whiffs on block. You can see he just doesn't will. And it's a lot of times when he the where he's where he's throwing a block, it's where like Juju Smith used to used to throw a key block that helped solidify a big run or a solid gain on a first or a second down. So I, I get the C minus grade for the receivers because as a whole, I think you could grade Pickens positively. You can grade. Austin positively, you can grade out Robinson negatively, and you can definitely grade Gunnar Olszewski negatively, and you and Deontay Johnson doesn't factor in. So a C minus, I kind of get. Yeah, uh, if anything, I'd maybe go a little bit higher. Everything you said about Allen Robinson's blocking probably true, but he's also been a reliable target. He's he's yeah. made some uh, some significant catches, which to me is what they brought him in to do from the Rams. So uh, that's that's probably I'm probably with with you there, Chris. That I'd, I'd go a tick higher, maybe than C minus for those guys. Now tight end, they get a straight up F. And I feel like I feel like that's a little much. I I feel like Pat Fryermuth, yes, he he only has 53 yards in the season. That's not what you want. 
But I feel like that's also on Kenny Pickett, not getting him the ball enough uh, because he's been open at times. Now, I will say Pat Fryer's blocking gets an F because – Allen Robinson looked like Anthony Munoz. Yeah, because it's pretty it's pretty doggone bad. But, I, I mean, Darnell Washington – he he's not being thrown to like he's getting like I'm looking at I'm looking at these games there's times he's just standing open in the middle part of the field and that guy is quietly soldiering on because I never see Darnell Washington be just like put his head down and be like man can they give me a target he just goes back out there runs his route and the thing that he does really well is he blocks when he gets his hands on you he is a problem and I think Connor Hayward's also done done a pretty good job job at that I would give those guys a C I think I'd give those guys a C as well because they haven't had a chance to do as much this this year but when they've been in there especially in the blocking outside of Fryermuth I think they've been solid so it's been a mixed bag so I kind of I'll give them an average C grade there yeah I'll go C minus they haven't made a lot of impactful plays but I liked what I saw out of Connor Hayward in a game against the Ravens yeah. where they needed him to step up and, and run some of those underneath patterns and get open he did that for the most part he, he showed himself to be useful in that regard and we'll see what Pat Fryermuth can do when he comes back, seems like that might be against the Rams. But, uh, you know, his, his season's not off to a real prolific start other than the touchdown grabs. Our last offensive grade from Jerry Dulac is the offensive line, which he gives a D. I feel like that's fair because the offensive line, they've they've struggled in protection. They've struggled in creating space in the run game, but they've had good moments. They haven't completely fallen apart. Uh, and I think that there's some times where they do enough that a Kenny Pickett should do a play. So I think D is a fair one, maybe a D plus. But uh, but I'm right on with Jerry with this. I think the offensive line, they've been below average to start, and they need to be better. I think we saw signs of them getting better in the second half against the Ravens, but that has to keep moving forward. That cannot be, you know, be another performance uh, you know, coming out of the bye where they take another step backwards before they take another step forward. Yeah, it's also hard not to grade on a curve a little bit with this group because of the expectations coming in. Very the true. They finished last season. They raised the bar for themselves a little bit, and then you add in, Isaac Sayamalo, and I think we all could agree we thought they would get off to a better start in 2023 than they have. So, yes, I, I think Jerry hit that one right on with the O-line. They've got to be better. We're going to aggress Jerry's defensive grades in about in a little bit here. But first, we're grading we're the grades. <laughs> you are great. We're grading the grades. There you go. But I want to we also want to talk to you guys about your accuracy fan advantage burning question that'll be on the other side of this first break here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Before we get any, into any of that, I want to remind you this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Just go check them out on Federal Street right across the street from PNC Park in the North Shore. When you get there, you'll see that they have over 20, 20 televisions. Did you know that you could call in advance, reserve a table with a television? and have them specified to any game you want. And I mean any game you want. There was a group of about 15 people. They got a whole TV dedicated to Duquesne West Virginia versus West Virginia earlier this year. That's how serious Mike's Beer Bar takes your sports viewing pleasure. They want to make sure that you get whatever game you want. They have all the different streaming services. They have every game. They've made sure to continue to have every game so that if you're whether you're checking out a big college football Saturday or you want to check out your favorite college, your favorite pro, pro football game on Sunday or you want to check out the Penguins on an away night because you can't get the, you can't get the PPG paints because they're not there that weekend. That's where Mike's Beer Bar comes in place. And while you're there, you can try one of their 500 different available beers, 300 of those beers being local and 80 of those local beers being available on tap. And trust me, you'll never run out of options because they're always rotating in new taps every single week from different local breweries in Pittsburgh so that you can have all the best options available to you in one place. And they have their amazing steak on a stone meal, which is which is a your choice cut of steak brought out to you on a heated stone where every time you cut a piece off, you press it into that heated stone, and you get to choose how well you want your steak done with every 
single bite. It's an amazing meal option and an amazing bar option here in the city of Pittsburgh. Go to Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Get your sports fix and experience the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. And when you get there, tell them Chris sent you. We're also brought to you by the Great Yinzer Tailgate, bringing the best of Pittsburgh uh, to South Point on November 4th. Showcasing Pittsburgh's rich culture, iconic sports history, and vibrant community spirit, the Great User Tailgate will immerse you in the unique blend of traditions that make Pittsburgh legendary. Visit www.thegreatyinsertailgate.com for details. See Yins there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, I'm Chris Carter, he's Brian Batko. It's time for the Accresure Fan Advantage Burning Question. Every single week, you the fans can submit your burning questions to, to our Steelers insider right here, Brian Batko, with for an in-depth conversation with the opponent's experts each week. That's brought to you by the Accresure Fan Advantage, and then each with with, with each expert we talk to from on, the, on the Steelers' opponents. But this weekend, we're going to have a big mailbag episode. So this is just one of many questions that we'll address. We have a Saturday episode that comes out this week weekend where we answer all of your bi-week questions get those into us um at- like when someone sticks a little piece of paper in the like in between your mailbox and your flag and you grab that first for the next episode we're going to just open that whole lid exactly you know? and that you could do that at accresure.com slash fan advantage for more information submit your questions today but brian let's get let's get into today's question and today's question comes from sean Wes. Why won't the Steelers let Kenny Pickett drop back and throw from under center? Is it a comfort thing? They seem to run from under center and throw from the shotgun all the time. Now, this is a criticism brought to you by, uh, you know, made popular by Warren Sharp, one of the top NFL analytics guys out there. And he brought this up and he's like, you know, it's a very high percentage of when the Steelers are in shotgun, you know, they're throwing when they're in the, when they're under center, you know, they're running. And I get that. I understand the question here as far as, you know, trying to t- trying to mix things up and not telegraph what you're doing in different si- situations. But I do wonder, Brian, if that is a comfort thing for Kenny Pickett. He's not like Ben Roethlisberger where he's overly tall and he can, you know, he could peek, peek over. He's six foot three, which is decent quarterback height. But do you see this as a major problem for what the Steelers have tried to do on offense that maybe defenses are using as a tell? Not really. I mean, it was a short yardage situation early in that Ravens game. I think it was third and one. They line up in shotgun. They run Najee Harris, and they didn't get it. And the the small the smattering of feedback I saw on my X timeline, let's be honest, my Twitter timeline, there people hated that call. Um, so I mean, it's really just a, a microcosm of when you're an offensive coordinator, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. All that matters really is if the play works. If it works, great call. If it doesn't, stupid call. Uh, of course, I'm being sarcastic, but you know, there's tendencies. There's also just what you think you're good at and what works. And for Pickett, we know at Pitt, it was a lot of shotgun passing. And really, I don't think a ton of teams even you know do drop back from under center a lot these days. You know, that's where your play action comes in. We know that a lot of the modern quarterbacks like being in shotgun, seeing, reading 
the entire field, you know, pre-snap, um, once the ball is snapped. So I think you always want to be unpredictable, but again, you also don't want to get outside of what you're good at and what you're comfortable at. So that's always the balance that you have to walk. I remember it in Canada's first season as the OC, it was a lot of, Hey, uh, what does Ben want to do? We're going to do whatever Ben thinks is best. He's been here 18 years. I'm in my first year. Doesn't even really matter what I think's good. We've got to follow the lead of our QB. So um, I think it's similar now with Pickett. You, you put in the game plan every week. You figure out what he likes to do, what he doesn't. I think a, a bigger issue than this is all of the rollout and sprint out left where he's thrown across his body. You're, yes, you're shrinking the field. You're giving him less to read, but you're getting so jammed up along the sideline and your, your receivers are jumbled. I, personally, I think the Steelers need to start doing a little bit less of that, um, but maybe that's a question for Pickett and or Canada when we reconvene next week on the South side. Maybe that is. I think that part of the shrinking the field, that's something that the Niners do a lot for Brock Purdy and they do it to try to simplify some of his decisions. And Brock Purdy has proven to be a pretty good decision maker so far for the 49ers. But sometimes that's part, you know, people look at that as a negative as shrinking the field. I think that's something that you try to do sometimes, not less, less of shrinking the field, but more like shrinking down how many options they have to read on a play and design, hey, we're looking for read one, read two, or get rid of it or run. That, and you're making sure you funnel the ball to where you want it to go. I mean, we know that was a big emphasis for the Steelers last year around this time when they traded Chase Claypool. I, I think a big uh, part of that was let's streamline the targets to our top three guys, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth. Yes, you're taking away a talented weapon for Kenny Pickett, but you're also simplifying it for him in a sense of, hey, right now you feel like you've got this many miles to feed. Well, now you've got one fewer mouth to feed uh let's let's make the right decisions make the right throws clearly they were a lot better offensively after dealing away claypool that wasn't the only factor but uh, i would say that was at least part of it last season no i i i agree that was definitely part of it i think it's just right now it's a lot like what you said about the offensive coordinator position in the staff i'm not here to defend matt canada i I give my opinions on him all the time i think that he often gets blamed for things that aren't necessarily as big of a fault as people think that that, that are his. It comes down to what, what your point is. And he says this all the time himself. Like, look, if the play doesn't work, it's not me. If the play does work, it, it, it's on the players. That's, that's, how it, that's how it always will be. If the Steelers mess up, the Steelers mess up it's the coaches, and it's the it, it's the terrible play call. Even when, if if one guy makes this, this very reasonable block in the situation that they set up for him, then – it would have worked, and then but it's, it's like, man, how how did he make that play call when it was there to be to be won? Even the fourth and one play that everyone gets mad about, I think in, in the Texans game where they tried to they tried to throw the ball in that situation. Everyone's like, why are you trying to throw the ball? There were there were three different receivers open and a running lane, and if Kenny Pickett takes any of those four options. The Steelers move the ball, and they might. If they score on that drive, they put themselves right back in the game. They would have been down three points. So it's. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that go into this. But to answer Sean's question, I think part of it is a comfort thing to help Kenny Pickett. I don't think it's as as as. Uh, I don't think it's as bad of a thing for the Steelers offense as long as they execute what is there. And I think that's what that is the biggest problem with the Steelers offense. Complain about Matt Canada's calls all you want, and there's some that I complain about. I think like, man, I don't like this one. I don't like that one, but. 
there are opportunities to be won here and not and, and not in unreasonable spots, just open guys over the middle that Kenny Pickett doesn't t- take often enough and the offensive line doesn't block well enough. And that's where that's why that's why Jerry Dulac gave the quarterback a, a D plus, And that's why he gave the offensive line a D. I think those are some of the biggest things holding this group back. That was Sean's question on the AccraShirt fan advantage. We'll have more questions from the AccraShirt fan advantage on our Saturday episode, but we got to get back to our defensive grades through the bye week here on the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Brian Batko, stick with us. We'll get right to that. But first, I want to remind you that this show is also brought to you by Savinas, Kane, and Gallucci. They're mesothelioma and asbestos lawyers with over 85 years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation. That's Savinas, Kane, and Gallucci. We're also brought to you by GameTime.co, where buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. If you ever had to buy tickets for an event but weren't comfortable with how much you were paying because you weren't sure about how good the seats were, that's where GameTime comes in because you can ch- check up where, where those tickets are, see the beauty from your seat, any time even if you're buying the tickets up to the last minute or even in up to an hour after the event has started and when you look at when you're looking at the prices on, on game time you're going to see the actual prices they're not going to show you the hidden fees they're going to show you all the prices up front and it takes two taps of a button you have your seat you have your tickets and you're ready to go game time has the best price guarantee that can't be beat if you find tickets for the same section in a row for less somewhere else game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use code pittpit for 20 dollars off your first purchase. So go to the website gametime.co. Turn to the supply, create an account, and redeem code PITTPIT for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Brian Batka. We're brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar. Let's get back to these grades here. Uh, well, I almost called you Jerry. Uh, let's get back to these grades here, Brian. I mean, we, are, we are definitely um, leaning heavily on Jerry for today's show. So thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry, for giving us your grades, which you can again find at post-gazette.com to read all of his grades and his reasoning behind him. Uh, Jerry gave the defensive line a D grade. And I, I feel like... I have, a, I have a mixed feelings there because I think that the defensive line has been bad in some of their losses, but I think they've also been good in their wins. And I think that they've really, I think that they really helped. I think they were huge in, in getting back in the game against the Ravens. They kept things in check um, or, you know, especially Larry Ogunjobi, the forced fumble that he had in that game. I thought he was actually also good against the run. Keanu Benton's been really good. Uh, but at the same time, Montrevious Adams, I don't feel like has been very, very good. I think Isaiah Loudermick hasn't, hasn't been very good. Armin Watts has been up and down, but he's also been used sparingly. So I, I guess I'd go with a D plus, maybe a C minus for, for the group. What say you on the defensive line, Brian? I think I'm okay with a D. You know, the, the run game struggles have have definitely hurt this team a lot over these first five games and has not been a lot of splash from that unit. Part of that obviously is losing Cam Hayward in the first half of the first game, but you know, I'm not gonna really give them a higher grade because I, you know. To me, I still need to evaluate the guys who are out there, and I think the guys who are out there uh, just haven't been making much of a difference. You know, credit to Larry Ogunjobi for the forced fumble in this past game, the Keanu Benton sack against the Raiders. I mean, that's probably the two best plays that this group has made, but I, I think of guys like DeMarvin Leal, who, yes, he's been banged up, but hasn't done a lot. Isaiah Loudermilk hasn't done a lot. Um, you know, it's... It's leaving you wanting there with, with this D-line. I thought they had more depth and ability to step up in, in the absence of Hayward, but also knew it was going to be a big problem 
when he went down. So uh, I think I'm I think I'm good with a D grade. I, I certainly know lower than that, but um, yeah, I mean that they, they need to start bowing up against the run a little bit more because teams are going to continue to try to take advantage of that. Now the one group that Jerry has, I think there, there's no group above a, above a C plus except the outside linebackers who have an A plus. And I feel like you could do like in the dream sequence from Christmas story when the teacher keeps going plus, 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 because the edge rushers have dominated. Without them, they're they're winless this season. TJ White and Alex Highsmith have wrecked games for the Steelers. And listen, the, the Texans found a way to neutralize them. The Ravens were not able to replicate that in, in, that, in that game. TJ Watt is leading the NFL in sacks, pressures, tackles for losses, all sorts of numbers. And Alex Highsmith is one of the best guys out there. He's also great against the run. Saw a play where they tried to they, they set a, a wham block from a full black and a pulling guard right at Alex Highsmith. He stymied the fullback, stymied the guard, reached past them, and brought down Gus Edwards in the hole for a, for a tackle of, uh, to stop any gain there. And I'm like, my goodness, that guy is ridiculous. And I think it's rightful. T.J. Watt, he's a, he should be the leading candidate for defensive player of the year right now in the NFL. But Alex Highsmith, he needs to be right up there as far as being considered in the all-pro conversation because he's been phenomenal for the Steelers. So I totally get an A-plus grade here. And Marcus Golden has been so good that they haven't even really needed to yes. use Kerbig. He's been a, a huge upgrade as the number three pass rusher. I don't know that a lot of people were talking enough about Golden's work in that role. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, th- this group, you can't say enough about them. They are the class, the class pet. They're the teacher's favorite here for good reason. And uh, the, the only other point I'll make is like when things are – Twitter's a cesspool during Steelers games. It's, oh, it's yes. one of the worst places – uh, to be when you're trying to watch this. And one thing I always see, if I do happen to uh, to mistakenly scroll through the timeline a bit, when things are going poorly, you immediately see a bunch of people like, ah, this overpaid defense, what are they doing? I'm like, overpaid in what, like, they're properly paid. Like, look at what the big money guys are producing for you in TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. Like, thank goodness you paid those guys what you did. So um, yeah, I mean, the defense has issues, but the compensation for their highest paid players ain't one of them. I, I, I feel you. I feel you on that. Let's move along here. Inside linebackers who were given a C and I feel like that's fair because there's been some times where I'm like, man, like Cole Holcomb against the Raiders. I thought was so important to that game. I thought he 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 looked like he was in place. He was doing the right things. And then against the Texans, oh no, excuse me, against the Browns for Cole Holcomb. But against the Texans, I, I thought he looked, he looked like cool to see he was making mistake after mistake. But then you go to the Ravens game, and all three of them, Cole Holcomb. I thought Cole Alexander had his game of the season. I think that he set up a tight tone that maybe he should be starting at the, maybe your your top inside linebacker for the rest for the rest of the way at least uh, right now. Landon Roberts has been really solid. I feel like the C is fair because they have not been good in helping in their blowout losses, but in their uh, in their wins, the line the inside linebackers have been there. I might upgrade it to a C plus, but I feel like they are trending in a positive direction, and this could be a higher grade as the season continues. Yeah, I was going to say C plus as well. There's they've been inconsistent. There's no doubt about that, but they I think are doing their jobs better than last year's unit, and they're providing a, a little bit more of that playmaking ability that was just devoid of the Devin Bush, Miles Jack, Bob Spillane trio. So, yeah, I, I credit this overhaul has actually gone a little bit better probably even than I expected. You know, early returns weren't great. 
maybe it's just schematically what the Niners and the Texans do really makes it tough on inside backers. I mean, the good offenses do make it difficult to play that position in the NFL in 2023. But uh, second half of that Ravens game, yeah, Chris, Holcomb and, and Quan Alexander were just all over the field. So I'll, I'll go C-plus with an arrow pointing up. Secondary also gets a C here. I, again, I feel like that's a, that's, that's a fine grade because, man, they've had some downer moments. Patrick Peterson has been cooked. Levi Wallace has been cooked. They've also have been tackled well. But then they've also, you know, without the secondary, without their interceptions, they don't beat the Raiders. They were big in that. Joey Porter Jr. stepping in with his interception against the Ravens. They don't win that game without that interception. Uh, and, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for me is I just I disagree with how they've been deployed. I think there should be more Joey Porter Jr. lining up on the outside. I think we've seen enough of a sample size that he should be the starter moving forward. I know the, the, the coaches wouldn't commit to that when we talked to them leading into the bye week. Um, but uh, I feel like that's that, that's a big thing there. And I also just don't agree with how Minka Fitzpatrick's being used. I, I think that they're trying to use him to move them all around to cover up a lot of different weak spots in the secondary, but that's preventing him from being the center fielding safety that I think we've all seen him be and being uh, the best safety in football, uh, you know, when he when he's doing that job. And I think that's kind of held this group back. So I, I, I think that a C is, is fair here because um, they've all they've gotten torched, but they've also been positive factors in the in their biggest wins. I'm actually going to go C minus on this one because okay. I just can't overlook all the drops by the Ravens and Very how true. much worse you're probably feeling about the Steelers secondary if Nelson Aguilar doesn't go Nelson Aguilar or if Zay Flowers doesn't fall down. So yeah, I mean I think it's it's a little bit right now the uh, you know the the outcomes look better than the actual product. So um, C minus for me, but obviously again I you know Jerry and I are. We're in the same ballpark here as you are as too, Chris. Special teams get a B plus, particularly because Chris Boswell has not missed a kick yet. He's 10 for 10 on field goals, five for five on extra points. Three of those kicks have been 50 yards or long or, or longer. He's performing better than Justin Tucker right now, which is crazy. It's like Justin Tucker is amazing. Presley Harvin also, before he he's missed the last two games, had flipped his season around after the Mike Tomlin challenged him, and he's been pretty solid. Miles Killer blocked a punt. And, you know, outside of, I'd say, Gunnar Olszewski botching a kick return against the Browns and then fumbling away a punt return against the, the Ravens, I think that this would be a, a group that gets an A uh, as far as a grade. But by and large, still, special teams have been a major plus for the Steelers. That's why I think a B-plus grade is warranted. I was actually going to give them an A-minus and say, yeah, the only reason I wouldn't give them an A is because of the Gunner issue, which is very, you know, it's player-specific, uh, but it's also, you know, a coaching decision to put him in that spot. So yeah, I'll, I'll go a minus and otherwise I'd, I'd have them with an a because of the miles killer brute block uh, punting and also the kicking by Boswell. And it, you know, Brad wing was, he was like a substitute student. So uh, I'm not too worried about his up and down effort against the Ravens. I'm right with you here. Now for the final grade here, it's not special teams. It's not defense. It's not offense. It's coaching. And Jerry gives a D which I also I kind of agree with right now, Brian. I think that they've been able to win. I think that there's been some game plans that have been solidly put in there, but I and there are two big losses where they've been destroyed. They've been out schemed, granted by similar systems, but I, I think that, again that goes back to their that's preparation for this for this group. <laughs> right, exactly. That's, that's not a good thing because yeah. um because that, that shows that they have not been able to beat that system. And if teams replicate that, what what Kyle Shanahan did and what the D'Amico Ryan did, 
this team's going to be in a lot of trouble. Now, I do give them some credit for, you know, for, for being able to hold in against these divisional op opponents. They clearly, they were ready for the Browns. They were ready for the Ravens. And yes, there were mistakes in both of those games, but so did the Browns and the Ravens also made their mistakes, and it came down to who capitalized on them more. The Steelers did in both of those situations. But I feel like a D is fair because this team has not come out with the fire that it looked like it was going to out of the preseason that, uh, you know, with the offense that it was supposed to have more success there, they've said the, the offensive line has taken a step back. The defense isn't stuffing the run the way that you hoped. So across the board, this team is three and two. Yes, it's in first place, but they have so many things to clean up and listen. I think that the Steelers last year showed that their coaching oftentimes kicks in later in the season when they get more time to work with guys, especially with guys that are still gelling together uh, and, and figuring things out. I think that that's something that we've seen with a younger team. You know, 2020, that was an older team. Marcus Pounce and David DeCastro, a lot of those guys were older on the offense. That was part of what faded late in the season was that and some of the injuries that they had uh, with Bud Dupree, Devin Bush, and all the guys that they were missing at that part of the year. But this, this team, like you saw last year, they coalesced in the second half of the season. I think that there's a chance for this team to do it again, and then we will revisit the grade for the coaches later in the part of the season if that happens. But as of right now, I feel, I feel like a D grade from Jerry is very fair. I'm actually going to go a little higher because of all the injuries they've had to deal with. This is true. I think, I think that can't be overlooked. I'm going to go C- minus for the coaching because just to go back to our first segment – Despite them being three and two, I don't know that that's really an accurate reflection uh, of how well this team played uh, so far or how well they will play going forward. So I'll go C minus for, for the coaches here. Absolutely. Those were Jerry Dulac's grades, which you can find at post-gazette.com. Read all through his thoughts and why he gave, gave his grades out here. But I those were most reactions. of his grades like an A or an A minus. For the most yeah, part. I'd say I'd give, I'd give, I'd give uh, Jerry an A, an A here on his grades and accuracy of depicting how the Steelers have, have, have been. But again, find that at post-gazette.com. He's Brian Batko from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm Chris Carter. Don't worry. We'll be back on your screens and in your ears tomorrow with our mailbag episode. During the bye week, instead of talking to an opponent, an expert you're gonna to get to talk to us because you're submitting the questions i go to go again go to accresher fan advantage uh oh, excuse excuse me let me get this e email address quick accresher.com slash fan advantage for more information and to submit your questions today or just hit us up on twitter slash x whatever you call that app these days brian thanks for joining me and thank you all for joining us here in the north shore drive podcast from the pittsburgh post gazette chris carter and brian Batko back on your screens tomorrow taking your questions here from the accresher fan advantage Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For three months of digital access to post-gazette.com at 99 cents, click the link below in the description.